0: Yes. Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with family and friends about our favorite movies uh, we had growing up and what we think about them as adults. So I will turn it over to Eleanor to introduce our movie and
1: our guest. Okay, so our guest today is Sky Ellis, who is based out of Washington, D.C., and she's going to be talking to us about one of her favorite childhood movies, Fern Gully. But first, before that, Sky, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing and some of the projects you're currently working on?
2: Yeah, well, thank you, first of all, so much for having me. Um... So I am in Washington, D.C. I am originally from Boston, Massachusetts, um, and I am here living the dream of an (laughs) artist. Um, So I typically mainly do, I studied theater in school, and so now I am uh, part of a traveling troupe of um, all women of color who, um, we do kind of like social activist theater, almost like a theater of the oppressed situation, but a little bit different. We do a lot of improv, emotional-based stuff. And then I also am the creative director and lead actress in a web series that was produced by my best friend, uh, Janae West. And we are currently in our fundraising phase. So we are trying to um, produce all the funds to actually produce the first season of the web series. Um, it's about four women who are emotionally and professionally adrift in Washington, D.C., as they <laughs> struggle to mature into Black womanhood. Um, so we have filmed thus far our trailer and our reel, and we have some funny bloopers, which is cool, but we need money to actually film the show. Um, all the scripts are written and we're ready to go. And that's a bit of what I do. That is of- so cool.
0: Yeah. I also guy I don't know um if Eleanor told you but I'm a teacher I teach fifth grade but at my school I started a strong woman book club and I definitely need you to Skype in because they definitely would love to hear your story (laughs) oh
2: that's so cool oh yeah it's really
0: fun I just had it this afternoon it's a dream and a delight it's great you guys are reading books right now we're we're reading books but we also just do like girl centric like activities where we're just oh. like you know what we're awesome and we're gonna support each other being awesome and like let's do this that so, is
2: so
0: yeah we're reading um little women actually which is written oh. by a massachusetts native i know so good, so it's good. Such a good book. um and it's been fun to kind of see and revisit even that book and those movies because we talked about the movies a lot too um as, like, an adult woman and be, like, oh, yeah, like, there is a lot of good stuff in here about being a woman and how to, like, hold yourself and. Right. And, and that was written so long ago, you know, so it's kind of. Yeah, yeah it's it,
2: it's really cool how a lot of those themes, you know, are um, obviously they, they pass through time and generations. But just, like, as I've gotten older, if I can call myself an adult yet, I, like, watch those movies again and I'm, like, oh, my God, it's making so much more sense. You yes. Know?
0: Exactly. So, uh, exactly.
2: Yeah. So, that that I would love to. I would love to talk. I love children. So, can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> I'll, I'll
0: get you in there. Okay. Um so we always start our podcast by talking about our favorite pop culture things of the week. So, does anybody have one that they'd like to start with?
2: Hmm. Oh, wow. I'm not. Maybe if you guys one of you says <laughs> something, it'll spark something in me. I'm I'm not pop culture. That's totally
0: cool. Eleanor, I have one.
2: <laughs> Run with it, Annie.
0: Okay, so <laughs> mine is like little known pop culture, but so last Thursday evening, um, I have friends from college who are like a musical duo and they tour the country and they were opening for a band called The Ballroom Thieves and The Ballroom Thieves are so good. So they're my pop culture thing of the week. I never would have found them. Um. And they have this one song in particular called "Sea Legs" that I have become obsessed with, and yeah, so they make me really happy. That's my pop culture thing of the week.
2: Very oh. cool, ballroom thieves. They're what kind of music is it?
0: It's like kind of like folk artsy. It's like the head and the heart, that kind of vibe, like you'd hear in a coffee shop. But in the fall, is really good.
2: So
1: cool. I'll look into
2: them. That sounds fun. Yeah,
1: they're good. cool oh. Similarly, my pop culture thing of the week has to do with concerts, which is I'm normally not a concert goer at all, but then a friend in Chicago actually had recommended this program called So Far Sounds, and you like apply for tickets, and then but you don't know who's playing and you don't know where it is located but it's intended to bring concerts into spaces where they normally wouldn't be and so like morning of my friends and i found out like the address of where the concert was then we showed up and it was like a giant warehouse in the arts district in los angeles and then we were wandering around, but then we went to a tiny concert, so there's only about 50 people in the audience, and it's BYOB and whatnot, but then the concert took place in a rock climbing gym, so that was, like, such a strange experience. Whoa, that's really cool. Yeah. That and, is
0: super cool. And
1: they do them, I Would guess... With anybody rock climbing? Yeah. No, no one rock climbed at the time. They made that, like, very, very much the case, that, like, <laughs> you could not do that, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like cool. And I guess they have them in around in like 300 cities around the world. And we met like this older man from Australia who just looks them up wherever he travels. And I was like, that's awesome because it's so, and it's really inexpensive too. Um, so it was cool. I was a big fan. Wow, that's really
2: cool. Indeed. Um, okay, so that, I, I don't know, right? I don't know if this really constitutes as pop culture, but I just went on a cruise um, with a, uh, Norwegian cruise and so that was really cool um and on the cruise was a large um just a very particular like demographic <laughs> of people and I didn't quite fit with this demographic of people um it was really fun regardless but um because of the, the demographic was drawn by this band that that was on the cruise I guess this band I don't know. They were called. Ah, uh, man. It would help if I remember the name, but something like Shane Duncan's band or something like that. I don't know where. I don't know where they're from. But um. Anyway, so it was a lot of older than me. So maybe I'm like thirty and up white people. Um. Which is, you know, fine. But I'm just not that, and um. So they, their, their their type of fun seemed very, like, all similar to each other and not quite my type of fun. So mm. a lot of... Um, well, so, for instance, we went... I, there was, like, a karaoke night on the boat, and I love karaoke, and so I wanted to sing Beyonce. Obviously, who else would I want to sing? <laughs> and so I wanted to go there and pick just whatever Beyonce song came to me at the time, and I'm thinking, like, I'm going to kill it here. You know, everyone's obviously going to sing along, which is, like, my favorite part of karaoke. And I go, and... I'm noticing, like, all the acts before me are just, like, songs I don't know. And um, it's, you know, most mostly this demographic of, of people. And I'm like, wow, I'm, like, going to go up there and no one's, you know, going to know what I'm, you know, what I'm singing. Um, and that makes the song feel less cool. If you're in a room saying <laughs> Beyonce and nobody, like, really is familiar with Beyonce, then it's, like, somehow doesn't feel that great. So, um. They were all really into each other, and then I went up, and nobody was super into me, so that was kind of um, yeah, but it was fine though because I still killed it. It was really fun, it was good, and um, yeah, that was that was it. I don't know if the band was any good, I didn't actually go see them, but (laughs) (laughs) but it is
1: weird to consider a world in which Beyonce is not universally beloved, so yeah, so
2: weird. I didn't even know that was a thing, but you learned something new. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, okay, let's jump
0: in. Um, Sky, can you give us a brief
2: synopsis of the movie Fern Gully? Oh yeah, um, I think so. Um, I haven't seen it in a little while, but really good movie. So it's about this, like um company. So this company who like comes and cuts down trees, comes to this rainforest in um, in Australia, where the, well, it's called Ferngully, it's based, I think, based on, like, a rainforest in Australia, and they come to this, like, magical rainforest, where the magical creatures of the rainforest, all these little fairies, believe humans to have been extinct, so they're very surprised when these people show up. And um, the humans are there to cut down the trees, and one of the guys um, on the on the team um, kind of just gets like sucked into this like magical realm and gets shrunken down to fairy size. And that helps him realize that what him and his like human friends and what the company is doing is like ruining the rainforest and Mm. ruining all the magical creatures. And they have to, he has to not only stop the humans, um, as he's now a tiny person, he has to help try to, you know, stop this evil force. There's also this um, sort of like otherworldly evil force called Hexus who um, feeds on pollution and is killing the rainforest as well and also trying to kill all the magical creatures in it. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And they, I mean, of course, they, the, the good people win in
1: the end. So, why do you think this appealed to you so much as a kid?
2: You know, it was, the, so the magical, like the fantastical element I loved as a kid, the fact that it was about fairies. I thought was really cool. And definitely even as a kid, I loved that there was like a love story, obviously like <laughs> at, the center, at the center of it. Always. Yeah, that was really important. And then um, just the fact that it took, like before I had like any really like environmentalist type of knowledge like the fact that it took place outside like in a rainforest and that's what it was like centered on I was super excited about Mm -hmm. so those those are as a kid that's why those are the reasons I liked
1: it I love it what is it it is interesting that what you said though about like nascent environmentalism because I remember one of the first time, one of the first conversations I really remember having with your older sister Summer was her like very explicitly being like, "Well, my name's Summer, and my siblings' names are <laughs> like Sky, and like, and then she was like, I would never be able to have a kid just named like Sarah,' which like is perfect. <laughs> <Right. 'cause, like, laughs>
2: then yeah, when she yeah. had Rivers, it was like really the name
1: cool made sense. Um, yeah, no, but it's weird to me that at no point yeah. did you have environment like that you didn't associate yourself with being an environmentalist. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
2: I guess I just thought that I just cared about the outdoors, but I I guess, I guess I didn't realize the contrast. I didn't realize that there was such a thing to not really care. Um, Yeah.
0: And there are people who really don't care.
2: Who genuinely don't care. Um, I remember like when I, as a kid, um, I moved into this house, like my, you know, my childhood house, I moved in when I was like seven. And it was like, it was like magic in and of itself. There was like 17 kids that lived in the neighborhood. And one of the, um, like, the forms of like initiation to like be in like a kid on Oneida Ave was like, you have to spend the summer barefoot. And we used to we used to climb trees barefoot and we used to um, we used to go every Saturday morning and pick up litter in the park still barefoot, which is just dangerous. We used to like go in the <laughs> we used to swim in the pond and this was in the middle of like urban Massachusetts. So this is not a place to swim in a pond. Um but I just felt so I was so immersed in like nature all the time. Um and
0: And it's so interesting that like Yeah, and I love that you guys were in, like, and you said that, like, we're in an urban setting, Mm -hmm. but still, like, found ways to connect with nature, like, that's so cool, Yeah, that, like, in an an urban American setting, that that can happen.
2: It it really is, and when when I learned about, I love learning, you know, just about, like, other people's lives, like, I just would have never really thought about, unless I thought about them, you know, like, people who live in the middle of, like, Minnesota or something, I, I just, it's not to say that I don't think about those people but I really just don't think about those people so when I hear about like you know <laughs> really like thick like forests and mountains that like mountains that don't have trees on them which those exist like in the west somewhere and I've never seen one of those um well until I went to Colorado they're cool um yeah yeah those are those are things so just like growing up all these places that I didn't know like I thought that I lived next to the woods and mind you again I'm in like urban Massachusetts so I live next to the woods like this is what the woods look like and they're not very thick they're not you know they don't have tons of like foliage or like any sort of like slew of crazy animals we had like coyotes I thought was like the most exotic thing in the world I think I maybe once saw a fox and I thought that was crazy so I thought that where I was was like whoa this is like the this is it this is nature this is what
0: it this is. <laughs> this is nature,
2: but that's it's also nature. so important,
1: though, that kids at all ages learn that like where they are is important and is valuable. Because I I think that's something that's missing and it it is something you don't realize until you're like a little bit older. And it's this whole idea that when you're growing up, you assume, and I read this great piece recently that's describing like adolescence as this idea of like, I can't wait to get to where I'm going. And it's not until you're a little bit older that you realize that you've always been someplace. And it's this idea. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's really really important. It's true.
0: to get back to Fern Gully, um... Eleanor, I was, like, looking at, the like, the production notes or whatever, and I saw that it was, like, half Australian, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Eleanor probably loves this movie. She's a particular <laughs> love of, like, Australian animation.
1: It's a thing. Oh. Well, Australian what? films in general, and then, yes, it's true, like, Australian family films I'm a big fan of. I went to film school for dumb things.
2: Like I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't know that off the top
1: of my head. Well, especially like the most notable (laughs) animated ones. I would argue are like Happy Feet and Happy Feet Two. And Happy Feet did so well, and then Happy Feet Two did so poorly. The company (laughs) closed, and it's funny because the same man who did Happy Feet is the same guy who did Mad Max and like Mad Max Fury Road. And those are like very different movies. Very different. Yeah. (laughs) Did did. Like the new Mad Max? Yeah, the new Mad Max. The same guy did Babe in Happy Feet. Babe with the pig? Yeah, Babe with the pig. (laughs) It's Australian. Oh my god. I know, right? And what's great too is his family were Greek. They were Greek immigrants. And so George Miller is a medical doctor who then like in the 70s picked up filmmaking, made the original Mad Maxes, did that for a while, then did like a severe 180 and did family films and then did a 180 again and went back to Mad Max Fury Road. I find him fascinating.
2: Wow, that guy's really cool. Like, That's really awesome. But
1: yeah, and it goes back to the same idea that you can reinvent yourself multiple times throughout your life.
0: Well, okay, Eleanor, I have a question for you though. How does *Burn Gully* fit into like the broader Australian family film range? Like, is this is this beloved in Australia? It be, like.
1: Well, it's older. It came out in 1992. So it's, and when I was living there, no one ever mentioned it. And I don't remember, it's definitely not in the top 20 Australian best-selling films of all time um, in terms of box office. Wow, um, but it is like in terms, like to Sky's point, like with the environmentalism aspect put on it, that's very Australian for sure. Um, oh
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. It just yeah. seems
2: like a theme. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. So, I mean, they love the idea of always being in nature and protecting it. They're much more attuned to that on a national level than the United States.
2: And you right. you see
1: the news today? Now the United States is the only nation not with the Paris Climate Accords because even Syria signed up. Oh, gosh. Wow. The only in one. Paris <laughs> yeah, I was like and
0: very timely as we talk about Ferngully. gully.
1: Yep, there we go. There we go. Are we
0: hexes? Are we? I mean, we could be.
2: I, I, off of pollution. Yeah. I I would I would argue that yes we are. <laughs> right, that is scary.
0: It is like who who is the hexes in our generation? Like the Koch brothers? Like they're terrible for the environment. <laughs>
2: I mean, maybe like the USDA. I don't know. The um, I don't know. I I, I just I mean, in in the movie too, it was weird. I, well, so it wasn't then, but now when I think about Ferngully, it's kind of weird that like there was this hexus because I kind of thought that that the bad people were clearly the humans but then there was this like almost paranormally like right fantastical thing that had to come in and be the bad one when it was like it kind of is seeming like the humans cutting down the trees is is the point here like that's the bad thing um so looking back I, I get I'm a little like confused about it, but also it just seems like a, like, humans trying to place blame elsewhere.
0: Right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, it's, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, we can't have the humans being the root of this evil, so, like, let's add this character, Hexis, and, like, blame it all on him, and he's the one who's, like, taking over humans' brains. Right, right. It's humans. Like, it's us. Like, let's own that.
1: Exactly. Do you think it would be different today? Would it read differently today if... Hmm. It it would what what was the question? Would do you think it would read differently today? Like, would there need to be a character named Hexus? Like, to going off of what Annie said with this idea that Hexus is there so that we can kind of like waylay the blame from humans, so that like Mm -hmm. children watching it don't feel as guilty but still care about the environment. In the same way, if you remember the animated cartoon TV series Captain Planet, um, it's this whole idea that they battle they battle kind of like big business and big but like they're superheroes and so we relegate environmental problems to the to the realm of the fantastic so that takes away from human interest but now would people accept that i feel like twitter would go crazy all i know about twitter is that it seems to be angry all the time
2: yeah yeah twitter yeah twitter bashes anything in like the media anything that tries to do anything they're doing it wrong uh, yes so, wh- which i kind of I mean for the most part I agree with Twitter a lot of the time but anyway um I think that it would still happen I don't know how people would I don't know how people would take it because um, I still think especially yeah. if, if the target audience is children I think it would definitely happen yeah we but I mean I feel kids like the humans are bad But can't
0: we? I mean, here's the thing. Like I work with fifth graders and today we were, we talk about current events on Tuesdays and, you know, they all brought up the shooting. And and, I mean, I had to talk about for a second, like domestic violence. And I was like, this man had a history of beating up other people. And like, yeah, that's tough to look at 10 year olds and say, but I feel like it's my responsibility to let them know that, that, these things are out there and not only so that right. like they can not have it happen to them, but also so they don't perpetuate it. You know, like we yeah. can't expect people to not do things we're, we're
2: not explaining to them, you yeah. know? That, so I don't know. I mean, and I guess it would just have to be like framed and I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I guess when you're, when you're relaying these messages to kids though, they have to be, it's like unfortunate, but also fortunate. It always has to be relayed in a way that's like, this is why it's important, and because it affects you directly. So, like, right. so you know, like the the environment being so important, the, the the like the root of the argument always is like, oh, it's you're killing yeah. yourselves. You, you are you're you're being bad to the environment. In turn, the environment's not going to support your life anymore. So that's why you should care about it. Right, um, and so I think that that the movie, if it were, uh, just like any movie, trying to relay, you know, a message to to really anyone, you have to like, you have, you have to the include them it. in the story. Yeah, yeah, it has to. It's not even include them in the story. It's like they have to be winning in the end. You right. know, right? So, like the, it, it was interesting, like in Fern Gully, how like, sort of the main characters were, like, not human, yet they look superhuman anyway, so it's, like, you can't really, uh, I don't know if as a child I even, like, really made the, the the distinction between, like, a fairy who looks just like a regular woman, but has wings, and now there's, like, a, um, a guy who's her size, who is, like, now they're, like, almost sharing something, but they still don't look like humans, so it's, like, the main characters <clears throat> were, or are, um, you know, Fantastical creatures, but then like, still the human had to come in, and it's not even like he had any really supernatural powers or anything. He he was the same size as them the whole movie, so I don't even understand like how he was, you know, like the hero, but right, but was you know, so it was like in his best interest to save the environment because he saw how the environment was like hurting, essentially hurting the human-looking creatures, so. It's
0: interesting. Yeah. No, it is. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay, so
0: this kind of leads into our kind of wrap-up discussion about the movie question. Should kids today watch this movie? If so, why or why not?
1: So the legacy. Huh? So the legacy, to a certain
2: extent. Right, Annie? Yes. Well, um... My, my initial reaction, I want to say yes, just because I do. I do really love it. And I don't know if I only love it because I've always loved it or if I, like, if I actually really love it. Um, yeah. Yes, because I think that it instills this, especially kids who maybe didn't grow up, you know, like in who didn't have the, the, um, access to like green spaces, you know, or, um, who don't have that advantage to be able to grow up around nature and like really appreciating it. And of course, when I say nature, I mean like what kids think of nature, you know, like leaves and trees and stuff. So kids, um, that that don't get to see that stuff in their real life, then definitely, yes, Right. Um, I think that it instills this like love and just like acknowledgement of something that seems like another realm, which really shouldn't seem like another realm, but in some kids realities, it almost is right. Like if you don't, like I said, don't grow up in green spaces. Um, And for kids like myself who maybe grew up, um, you know, in nature, but unaware of the, sort of the, uh, the other dimensions of Nate. Cause you know, this movie is about the rainforest, which I didn't really know much about when I was watching it as a, as a little kid. So that's cool too. And I, I think that all of the bad stuff about the movie now that I recognize, you know, the stuff that we're talking about, sort of like humanizing or making everything super human centered. Um, I don't think that that gets in the way Especially as a child of the of the 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 aspect of like loving nature and caring about nature, yeah. Um, so yeah, I do. I wish I we could change the movie a little bit, but since <laughs> we can't, yes, I'll say yes. I do think kids should should see it. Good movie, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I would agree. I would say this is one that I would recommend to people in part because, to your point, Sky like. Do you, do I love it just because I historically loved it? I mentioned today's two coworkers like that I'd be podcasting about Fern Gully and immediately the response was like, I love that movie. Like that was truly right. it it does have a pull on people that it must be warranted in some regard. And also because yeah. we I do think it's really important for kids to be exposed to different types of animation so this animation itself looks very different than for example like Coco or Moana or even like Ferdinand some of the more recent popular animated films but that's but there is such a history in the different animation styles in the same way that we look at paintings as art history I think we do need to approach animation the same way oh
0: interesting yeah I mean I think the kids I do think it would be good for kids to see this. I mean, I would show my students this movie. I think that it has a lot of charm and it like brings up issues of the environment in a charming way, you know, like it it kind of would make it real for them without being like save the earth, you know, Um, and kids hate when things are told to them too literally. So I think, Yeah, I think it's a fun story, and I think that it tells it in an interesting way. So, yes, Shaffer and Gully. Okay, before we say uh, goodbye for this episode, we always choose one place in the world we would want to go right now. And, Sky, you just came back from someplace, but maybe (laughs) there's another place you are dying
2: to jet off to. So, good question. I'm actually going... To um, San Francisco in two days, and I've never been to California ever at all. I love Um, San Francisco. Yeah, I would say San Francisco, which is actually happening for me, and a place that's not happening for me but that I really want to would be Costa Rica.
0: Okay, fair.
2: Aren't you Costa Rican? And I'm Costa Rican, and I've never been to Costa Rica, so that's a thing. It's bad. Okay, (laughs) you'll have to go. and the whole and the
1: whole country runs on renewable energy which is freaking amazing. Wait, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Costa Rica is <laughs> cool. Oh, that would be awesome. Okay, awesome. Eleanor? Um I right now I'm really feeling South American a big sense and I really want I've spent a lot of time like hiking and stuff this weekend and I want to go to Machu Picchu. Mm, so, Peru. I saw your email. Yeah, I'm feeling it. <laughs>
0: awesome. Um I think I would choose to go to Belgium and Norway, which is where my cousin and her husband and baby just came back from, and they got to see the Northern Lights and the fjords um, and really beautiful pictures. So I would go there. Why not? Cool. That sounds awesome. Even though it would be cold. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Sky, thank you so much for coming on our podcast this was a dream and a delight
2: and yeah we- thank you so much for having me yeah and we
1: really look forward to hearing more about Grown and yes! getting the fundraising for it um, so yeah we've promoted Grown before the series and we're excited to like re reamp that and to see what it becomes
0: I can't wait when yeah, to do a whole episode about Grown <laughs>
2: Yes, it's us too. We're super excited. Um, so we, I'll keep you I'll keep you and all listeners updated, I hope. Absolutely. Good. Oh,
1: great. Thanks Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. See you next time.
2: Bye. All right. Bye.